This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your source for everything ag. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. And brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today we have the latest runoff forecast with the outlook near normal in much of the southern and central grain belt. SARM promotes the use of the Sask Lander app for hunters and recreation rural land users, as well as farmers. President Ray Orb also discusses Ottawa's latest proposal on cutting fertilizer use. Dumore Ag has a new executive director, and we have a feature on food aid for war-torn Ukraine. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your Farm Fresh Water today at farmfreshwater.ca. The spring runoff forecast for Saskatchewan sees below to well below normal runoff for much of the southern grain belt. The Water Security Agency says many areas went into winter drier than normal, and despite significant snowfall, runoff will be normal to below normal. Only areas in the south, east of Moose Jaw, are forecast to receive near or above normal runoff. Below normal runoff in the southwest may result in some water supply issues, including shortages and possible water quality issues later in the year. With a significant snowpack, runoff in the central areas will be well to well above normal. However, flooding is not expected at this time. With significant snowpack in the North Saskatchewan River Basin, there is an elevated risk of a dynamic ice breakup and some flooding. The Water Security Agency expects levels of Lake Diefenbaker to be better than last year. SARM is promoting use of a new app to help rural landowners manage access to their property under the new Trespass Act. President Ray Orb says the Saskalander app gives public access to a rural map and identifies the parcels of landowners for possible contact for recreational use like hunting. Saskalander is actually an, an, it's a new app that's being developed and uh, what it's supposed to do is it will give access for um, people that want to use uh, land for recreational purposes such as hunting, uh, hiking, uh, you know, snowmobile buildings, things like that. And it also gives access to landowners that want to allow this on their property. So it's a good system, and uh, it's been in the works for a while, well over a year now, but uh, they're getting into the final stages of development for this app. How do farmers benefit from this? How do people that want to go hunting or recreation use of farmland, how do they benefit? Well, the landowners, the farmers and the ranchers don't have to post their land. They don't have to physically put up signs. And I know, uh, you know, there's been problems with that in the past. Uh, It's quite onerous to have to do that. Also, a lot of signs go missing after they are put up. So this way, it will be really done digitally. It will be done on a a site uh, that uh, can be accessed for those that allowed uh, by the general public. It allows hunters and people that want to use land for other recreational purposes access to property for those people that want to allow that on their property. So it's a it's a it's kind of a good system that works both ways and has benefits for both entities. How, how are RMs involved? 
Well, RMs are, you know, they're really being asked to promote it, you know, because of the fact that the Trespassing Act was changed. It uh, came into effect uh, as a new law on January 1st of this year. And uh, that came from resolutions from uh, many of our RMs that thought uh, that something needs to be done, you know, to uh, to curb a lot of the rural crime. So that's why this Asplander, this uh, this app was was developed. So being promoting it, you know, from the from the rural councillor point of view, I think is a good thing, and uh, it should work well for everyone. I understand a couple hundred landowners have registered on the Lander platform. Yeah, they have a number. We're actually in in touch on a fairly regular basis with the folks at Lander. And um, there are, uh, you know, a number that are being registered already. There are some big landowners as well. We have some, you know, fairly large tracts of land that are owned by individuals in this in this province. So they are uh, actively pursuing getting them on as well. So it's in the works. It's starting to go, I think, uh, more popular now than ever. And also we're having these people uh, on our convention. That's Asland. People are giving a presentation. They'll be at our, at our main convention next week. And also they'll be in the trade shows for people that want to stop by and uh, see how this, um, this app works. This platform has, what, 268 landowners registered online, accounting for 730 parcels. It enables someone, like for hunting season, if they want to go hunting, they know where they can go. Yeah, that's right. It's simply, they'll need to contact, uh, you know, the people that have their land up for that use. And, of course, that could be by a text, it could be by an email, um, you know, even a phone call as well. So those people would need to be in contact with them. And at some point, there is going to be an app that is used on a cell phone, too. So, um, you know, most of the people that are out there in the world need to have a, a cell phone as well. So that is in the works. So you know it's a pretty good system. It's a little, it's a, yeah, it's, seeing, it's a little bit more complicated for some people. But I think if they go through it and they understand how this app works and how the information is is received and, and put onto the site, it's actually quite user friendly. I used it myself. I was on a couple of uh, demonstrations, and I thought it was actually fairly easy to use. You see it as an app, a, sol- a solution for landowners and recreational users to obtain permission to enter private lands and help th- diminish the risk of land trespassing. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of it is to you know to get that information out there and you know as time goes on we're going to get uh, hopefully a majority of the of the land that is available for hunting um, and you know snowmobiling things like that they've been working really closely with the Saskatchewan Snowmobile Association already. And they've got the maps for the different routes already on the, on that site. So it's I think it's a, a good system. It's, it's taking some work to get it started, but Farm has been very supportive right from the very beginning uh, to uh, Southlander. Ray Orb is the president of Sarm. Coming up, he discusses Ottawa's new goals on reducing greenhouse gases from fertilizer use. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Seedmaster. No matter what you grow, Seedmaster has the ultimate seeding solutions for better crops and bigger profits. Seedmaster.ca. The president of SARMS says farmers face a challenge to meet Ottawa's goal of cutting greenhouse gases from fertilizer use by 30%. Ray Orb says the federal goal is a major concern because fertilizer is important for crop production. Well, you know, definitely we're aware that the federal government is doing a uh, consultation on the, on the 
you know, looking at reducing uh, nitrogen fertilizer by 30%. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be uh, sending in a submission on that. We haven't had a chance to get together with our ag committee or its arm board, but definitely, you know what, we have some concerns about that. And I think the biggest issue is that, you know, a lot of farmers are already doing this. They're using the technology, like, you know, they're using variable rate to apply their fertilizer. They have the equipment to place fertilizer in a, in a place where it is utilized very efficiently. And at the same time, you know, we see the federal government kind of looking at another regulation, bringing this in on agriculture. It's not being, not being uh, very well thought through. And so... Um, I think we have more more concerns about it than seeing the benefits of this. After all, if farmers are already doing this, they're not being rewarded for it. Why would we want to penalize them? Because definitely it's going to reduce yields. And uh, it's, you know, the benefit to the environment that farmers are already contributing is already there. So it doesn't make much sense. However, we're going to have a more serious look at this in the days ahead. Yeah, I see one of their goals from the federal government is not to reduce yields, but you see it quite a challenge for farmers to be able to cut greenhouse gas emissions from fertilizer use by 30% and still maintain yields? Yeah, that's what I've seen, you know, from the industry. They're already showing that there are going to be uh, reductions in uh, in the yields. And, of course, what farmer now wants to reduce yields and is seeing the high grain prices that are out there, but, you know, your your bottom line is definitely going to be affected by this. And I think... The federal government should uh, put their brakes on making any changes on this. I think the fertilizer industry, you know, already realizes that they've got some good stewardship programs in place already, and uh, farmers can be part of those programs. And a lot of them are doing the conservation tillage and those things already. So I think it needs to have a really second look at this. Ottawa has released a discussion paper on the fertilizer issue with a comment period until June 3rd. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the energy of Real Ag Radio to your next customer meeting or conference. From your stage, we'll record an episode in person to inform and provide insight on the latest in agriculture. I have here with me Jeremy Boychin, who's an agronomy research extension specialist with Alberta Wheat and Barley Commissions. We were just talking about how this year has uh, gone so fast already, and we are quickly, it's going to be planting season before we know it. Now... We're, of course, hoping for, we're talking from the Canadian prairies, and it, it was a dry year last year, and we're, we're hoping we don't face that again this year, but so far it's looking like it, it could be dry in specific pockets. Now, fertilizer safety, we want to talk a bit about what you're going to do when it comes to that. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I we always hope that there's rain coming in the spring, Kara. I mean, we always keep our fingers crossed, and we got to stay optimistic. Um, nobody seeds for no rain, but um, yeah, we're we're certainly sitting in in dry uh, conditions in many parts of of the province. So, um, thinking about what does that mean for how we're going to seed this crop, I think is is something we need to keep in the back of our minds as we're heading towards that seeding season. What considerations do I need to keep um, thinking about and managing as I get closer to that seeding timing? And, and seed safety is one of those things, especially in a very dry, in very dry seeding conditions. Um, because when we get into those conditions, the risk of, of seed injury um, due to fertilizer uh, increases significantly. So what are some of the things you can be doing? 
So off the bat, the, the biggest thing is be knowledgeable about um, your seedbed utilization, um, the salt index of the uh, fertilizers that you're using, um, and then kind of make that assessment of um, how much fertilizer in a normal year should I be putting down when I say normal year, as in I have moisture, I know I'm putting the seed down into moisture. I know that um, I'm, I'm not as in as much risk um, of seed injury. How much can I put down? Uh, and then if you're heading into very dry seeding conditions, you're going to want to reduce those rates of what goes down with the seed by half. Uh, and, you know, this is based on research that we've seen in terms of, you know, under these very dry conditions, um, the fertilizer, fertilizer injury that we can see to um, seeds that, that are in dry conditions. So now there, there are two main types of injury you're going to see. Of course, we're aiming to not see this injury at all, but uh, if we are seeing them, what, what are they? And do you want to elaborate a bit on it? Yeah, so there's two main types of injury, uh, ammonia toxicity and, and salt injury, and they, they kind of play a little different, but they're going to have mainly the same effect. Um, ammonia toxicity is when urea breaks down in the soil, it reduce, re- releases ammonia, uh, and that ammonia can be toxic to the seed. Um, under drought conditions, there's less hydrogen ions in the soil um, to turn that ammonia into ammonium uh, and higher risk of seed injury. Uh, and then when it comes to salt injury, that's really a factor of the salt index of the fertilizer. Um, the higher the salt index, uh, and you can easily find the salt index of a variety of different um, uh, fertilizers online. Um, but the higher the salt index, the higher risk of fertilizer injury to those seedlings. Um, so what happens in that that salt injury is the high salt fertilizer is actually pulling um, moisture from the seed uh, towards that fertilizer pearl. Um, so instead of that seed imbibing, um, taking on moisture and germinating, it's actually being desiccated by the osmotic pressure that's pulling from that fertilizer pearl. Now you talked about decreasing your fertilizer rates. Um, but what if you're unsure about what moisture, I mean, obviously we're always unsure about what moisture could look like. Do you always recommend splitting those nitrogen apps then? If you feel like you're on the very dry side, it's, it's you know, I'm going to be a little bit more cautious because um, once that seed hits the ground, once it goes down with the fertilizer, if you're seeing injury, it's too late to make the change at that point. So finding a different way to put that fertilizer down, um, like you mentioned, maybe maybe looking at a split application of, of some of that going up front and then some, some going in crop um, or finding a different way to get it in at seeding timing that isn't with the seed uh, to reduce that impact. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, cloudy this afternoon, periods of light snow and blowing snow. Wind northwest 40, gusting to 70. 
The high minus 9 with temperature falling to minus 15 this afternoon. The low minus 29 tonight. Wind chill minus 27 this evening, minus 39 overnight. Friday, sunny, wind west 20. The high tomorrow, minus 17. The low, minus 18. Saturday, partly cloudy, and it's supposed to be melting Saturday with a high of plus 3. The low, minus 12. Sunday, periods of snow, the high minus 4. 60% chance of evening flurries, the low minus 10. Monday, cloudy, the high plus 1, the low minus 4. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 8, the low minus 2. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high plus 6. Normal high for this date, minus 1, the normal low, minus 13. The sun rose at 723 this morning. It sets at 654 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot right now, Maple Creek at minus 9. The cold spot up north, Uranium City, minus 26. Estevan is minus 10. Saskatoon, minus 19. Swift Current and Weyburn, both minus 13. Yorkton, minus 14. Snow and blowing snow in Regina, minus 13. That's 8 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the north-northwest, 42, gusting to 53, giving a wind chill right now of minus 26. Humidity is 76%. The barometer rising, 101.4. Blowing snow in Moose Jaw, minus 12. Winds are from the northwest at 37, gusting to 48. Once again, Rajan, snow and blowing snow, minus 13. That's 8 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. Get out to an early start on weed control in next year's canola and lentil crop using Group 3 Edge Microactive from Gowan Canada this fall. Edge Microactive, maximize yields today and manage resistance for tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com. And brought to you by Patterson Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Patterson Liquid Systems, expect the best. There's a new executive director at the helm of the Dumore Agriculture Foundation. Longtime agriculture advocate Megs Reynolds is taking over the post from Adele Stewart. Reynolds has a great deal of experience working with governments and business leaders and is looking forward to her new role as national leader and voice for mental health in Canadian agriculture. This is your realagriculture.com update. Bring the My background is pretty varied, but it involves grain farming, so I have that hands-on experience as a producer. Um, and while I'm no longer farming, I've been very actively involved since coming to agriculture in advocacy for policy development and uh, for mental health as well, and not just in Saskatchewan or Canada, but globally through Global Farmers Network and then some of my other contacts in other countries. So um, I have been a very strong supporter of the Dumerag Foundation since its inception four years ago. I remember um, just the feeling that I had when, you know, they officially launched and standing there being a part of that and just knowing how important that is for agriculture and producers and, and still is today, if anything more so with everything we have going on in the world that is outside of our control. Um, Dumar Agriculture, for those that do not know, uh, is a foundation, um, and it was uh, started to be the champion and the voice for mental health and agriculture, and Dumar is working very hard to change the culture to one where all producers are encouraged, supported, and empowered to take care of their own mental well-being. 
you know, we're still dealing and struggling with that stigma piece where reaching out for help and, and being able to admit that something's going on is really scary and it's hard to do. And um, we need to support each other in that. And I think one area we've come a long way in, especially in agriculture, is uh, different people speaking up and sharing their stories, and that helps others know so much that they're not alone in in being stressed or or having um, you know struggling with some of the things that are going on outside of their control and how that's affecting them. If you go to our website www.domore.ag, um, it will actually find your location and use it to um, give you a listing of what near uh, support systems could be for you, uh, whether that's a crisis line or somebody that you could set up an in-person or phone call session with. Um, one thing that I think has really come out of the pandemic that has been really beneficial to rural areas and those in agriculture are the online uh, mental health counseling and support apps. And they just make it so easy to be able to have that call from your kitchen table with a coffee or from your tractor cab. And so I encourage anyone who is struggling to um, reach out through one of those apps. I myself has, have used BetterHelp. Um, it's really accessible. It's easy. It's not scary. And you don't need to leave. You don't need to drive an hour. And you can do that without sharing, um, you know, letting everybody know that you're doing that if you're still not at a place where you're comfortable to talk or to have others know that you're, you're reaching out for help. That's Megs Reynolds, the new executive director of the Do More Agriculture Foundation. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumberyard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The United Nations World Food Program is ramping up food aid to war-torn Ukraine. There are already severe shortages of food and water in the capital, Kyiv, and the northeast city of Kharkiv. Kharkiv, the World Food Program, is looking for partners to distribute the food. Ukrainian ports were closed last week, meaning all food aid needs to be delivered by land. The World Food Program buys more than half of its wheat from Ukraine. and There are fears the war will disrupt 2022 production, driving global food prices even higher. A lack of affordable food could increase domestic tensions in several poorer countries. This will put the pressure on North America to produce a good-sized crop this year. Higher prices will generate a battle for acres. Market analyst Dwayne Bassey takes a look at the situation in the United States. The way I look at the acres battle right now, especially with the Russia-Ukraine thing, between soybeans, corn, and spring wheat, one of the three is going to get shorted. I don't know which one it's going to be quite yet. I think actually it might be soybeans that get shorted, believe it or not. Even with the fertilizer thin, I'm hearing from guys in southern Minnesota, they're still thinking corn on corn because they like $6 corn. And up here in North Dakota, where we had a massive drought last year, if you can get that spring wheat planted, there's a good chance you get a couple rains and get a crop. So in the end, I think it might be soybeans that get shorted. Another factor could be fertilizer. Russia's trade ministry has mentioned the possibility of export restrictions. Russia is the world's second largest producer of ammonia, urea and potash and accounts for 23% of global ammonia exports, 14% of urea and 21% of potash and 10% of processed phosphate exports. Russia also supplies one-third of Europe's natural gas, the main feedstock in producing nitrogen fertilizers. Olds College, located in central Alberta, is expanding its smart farm into Saskatchewan. The launch will take place this growing season on 800 acres of land west of Crake. The land was pledged by 
Marjorie Steckler and her late husband, George Steckler. There will be collaborations with SAS Polytech, Raven Industries, Carlson Agriculture and Wild Fong Enterprises. The aim is to help train the next generation and support the development and adoption of new technology innovations. The new location will provide learning opportunities for students through applied research and infield learning. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. Proudly serving southern Saskatchewan for over 60 years, see Nelson GM today. Grain prices were mixed in early trading. Viterra prices for feed barley fell $14.09 at $387.54. Canola rose $1.30 at ten thirty-two forty-two. One red spring wheat went down one cent at four sixty-four twenty-six. The rest were unchanged. Durham five fifty-one sixteen. Flax twelve fifty-two eleven. Lentils eight sixty-five fifty. Oats five zero one fifty-three. Yellow peas six thirty-four fifteen. Feed wheat two sixty-one sixty-five. At Minneapolis, May spring wheat is down twenty-one and a half cents at ten sixty-seven and three quarters cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. Now the latest quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of March the 2nd. Actually a good run here considering the nasty weather conditions we had on Tuesday. But most of the cattle did come in on Monday though. 1130 in the short. 50 in the regular sale, plus 200 cows and bulls, a total of 1380 for the week. Last time I did my mark report, I quoted we had kid goats weighing 500 pounds at $148 a piece, supposed to be 50 pounds at $148 a piece. I also said boar goats weighing 650 pounds at 230, supposed to be 65 pounds at 230. Sorry about that. Uh, we grow them big in Yorkton, but not that big. We had a good chuckle over that. Back to the mark report. Cows and bulls a bit stronger here. D1, D2 cows, 88 to 95. Sales, 97, 98. D3 cows, 75 to 85. Cows average 91 cents. Double bar D had a ring full of cows, 1,800 pounds at, eight, at 98 cents. Good job to Ken, Ken and the gang at Grenfell. Good bulls, 112 to 122. Sales to 125, 126. Bulls averaging 117. We had a meaty bull from the Priestwell area, 2,100 pounds, topped out at 131.75. Onto the pre-sort sale. These light grass cattle selling very strong. The heavy cattle, 850 pounds and up, selling steady. 425 pound steers, 274. 500 pound black steers, 259. 570s at 244. We had a nice package of 640 pound red Angus steers at 225. My favorite pen, 710-pound tan steer, 207, 800-pounders at 193, 850s at 185, and 950-pound steers at 183. On to the heifer side, 450-pound heifers, 207. Another nice little package of red Angus heifers weighing 500 pounds at 215, 570s at 204, 650-pound heifers, 188, 710-pound red Angus heifers at 177, and 800 800-pound heifers at 171, and the big girls, 850-pounders at 162. Made a package of replacement heifers here, red, black, exotic heifers weighing 685, topped out at 183. A very respectable sale here we had yesterday. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. 
I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest Saskatchewan pork prices. Ham sold 6,900 hogs Wednesday, selling in a range of 224 to $236 per CKG. Today's sales are expected to be around 7,000 head, selling in a range of 224 to $238 per CKG. Ham's number one sows this week are up, selling in the range of 66 to 73 cents per pound live weight. Ham's cash hog price today is mixed, and four contract prices opened higher this morning. On Wednesday, the Canadian dollar is up 18 basis points, with the daily exchange rate at 1.2821. Canadian dollar is currently trading at 78.22 cents U.S. U.S. cash hog prices are in a stable trend, despite all the volatility in the market. Packers lowered their bids marginally for the uncommitted supply, but the large majority of their recent purchases have been at near-steady bids. The Lean Hog Index price has maintained a range of less than $2 a hundred weight for the last two weeks, with poor product values providing little incentive to bid higher. Hog slider slightly ahead of last week's pace, but still well behind year-ago levels. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Second Look Online Auction. Visit 2ndlookonlineauction.com to see what's up for bid. This is Food Waste Action Week, and the Federal Minister of Agriculture says over half of Canada's food supply is wasted. Marie-Claude Bebeau says the wastage happens at every stage of the food supply chain, harvesting, storage, processing, transport, distribution, retail, and at home. She says if food waste were a country, it would have the third largest carbon footprint after the U.S. and China. The theme this week is Food Waste Feeds Climate Change. It is a reminder that food waste contributes an estimated 8% of all greenhouse gases worldwide. Bobo has launched a food waste reduction challenge, calling it a pillar for food policy in Canada. She says taking action on food waste saves money, protects the environment, and creates new business opportunities for agri-food entrepreneurs. Some suggestions to reduce food waste include improving inventory management and exploring new uses for food waste like animal feed, biofuels, and new products. On the markets today... The TSX is down 43 points to 21,449. The Dow has fallen 362 points to 32,924. Oil is up 6 cents to $108.76 per barrel. The Canadian dollar has gained 21 hundredths of a cent at 78.27 cents U.S. That's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, following the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.